Hey, you're listening to Blue Jean Church's podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. To learn more about Blue Jean Church in Selma, Alabama, visit us at www.bluejeanselma.com. everybody good good stuff all right well we'll pray up and and then we'll get going lord we just we just thank you so much for your love for us and i love that last song that rick sang about uh we're your beloved and uh there's nothing that we could do that would change that that you love us and uh you're so for us we just Love you back, Lord, and just, Holy Spirit, I ask this morning that you would just give revelation and understanding, and uh, that you would just be you, teach us this morning, Lord. And uh, I pray this morning for a spirit of revelation and understanding to fall on us, and I bind up anything that would hinder our ability to hear, see, and understand. I pray that in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, y'all. Uh, most most of the time when I speak, it just comes out of experience, and that's what's happening today for me. Uh, I feel like the Holy Spirit's really uh, been teaching me some things and expanding, uh, challenging me uh, uh, with some things, and I just want to share with you how it happened and what it is. And... Uh, you know, I want to set this up. I want to tee it up that the Holy Spirit, the Scripture is very clear. He's our teacher. Jesus says that. It's in John 14, 26. He says, the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. And so um, he also says in John 14, verse 17, that the Holy Spirit's the spirit of truth. And in uh, verse 16, uh, chapter 16, verse 13, he says, The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, will guide you into all truth. And, uh, and so the Holy Spirit is the one that, that stretches, that confronts, that offends us sometimes. And our, our mindsets and our attitudes. And... He's all about growth. You know, the Lord doesn't make us grow. He says, you can stay a baby, and I'll love you, and you're saved as saved can be. But he wants us to flourish. He wants us to grow. And growth necessarily requires stretching and changing and maturing, right? Um, my, my walk with Jesus is not the same today as it was 25 years ago when I got, really got in with him. I've grown. I've learned things. I've made mistakes. I've changed my mind on some things. And the Holy Spirit's the one that does that for us. I also want to point out a couple of scriptures that, that I'm, I'm teeing up what happened to me, okay? And uh, truth... And spiritual understanding cannot be memorized. It cannot be learned in the sense that you learn math. It can't be rationally figured out. And if you want an example of it, Paul is a great example of that. Paul went to the best Pharisee school of the day. He could, he could quote scriptures backwards and forwards. He knew them better than anybody. 
and he was killing Christians because uh, they believed in Jesus until the Holy Spirit came upon him, opened his eyes, and then he starts immediately preaching that Jesus is the Messiah. His knowledge of the scripture had not changed, but his understanding and the revelation of the scripture radically changed by the power of the Holy Spirit, who is our teacher and who is the spirit of truth that guides us into all truth, right? And so I think as we walk with the Lord, as we continue to walk and grow, there are going to be times in our walk when the Lord stretches us, confronts us with revelation and understanding, and sometimes offends us. You know, the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I want to read, read just a little bit of that. Listen to what 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says about the Holy Spirit's function of revealing truth. In verse 10 of chapter 2, 1 Corinthians, it says, But God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. He reveals. There's revelation. The Holy Spirit, part of His manifestation is revelation. In, in Isaiah chapter 11, it, it, it talks about the Holy Spirit being the spirit of understanding where we can understand the scripture, where we can understand what Jesus is trying to tell us. And, and we've seen throughout history, people have twisted scripture and misapplied scripture in very harmful ways. The Spanish Inquisition is a great example of that. They were killing and torturing people and justifying it through the scripture. And, and Paul was killing Christians until the Holy Spirit revealed to him that Jesus is the Messiah. And so we need the Holy Spirit to give us understanding and revelation so we understand the scripture and we don't misapply it. Y'all are probably sitting there saying, what in the world, where is this going? Well, we're, we're gonna get around to it in a second. The last thing I wanna say is, if you look in Matthew, this is such a cool scripture. Look at Matthew chapter 13. Jesus is taught teaching in parables. He did the parable of the seed and the sower. And the disciples are like, we don't have a clue what you're talking about. Why are you always talking to us in riddles and parables? And this is what Jesus responded. He says in chapter 13, Matthew, verse 11, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. And whoever has will be, will be given more. And he will have an abundance. And then he goes on down in verse 13. He says, this is why I speak to you in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. And them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. And then Jesus says this, But blessed are your eyes, because they see, and your ears, because they hear. 
all of that that I just zoomed through at warp speed is all about the function of the Holy Spirit teaching and revealing and oftentimes challenging where we are and how we view things and expanding our understanding of revelation of what God's trying to teach us, right? You just don't stay the same. It's like, in, in, and that makes sense. Like in, in school, in the first grade, you learn addition. You know, in the third grade, well, back then, we learned multiplication. In the fourth grade, we added long, long division. It was a process, a growth process. We, would, we weren't doing multiplication, I mean, add addition in the fourth grade. We'd grown past that, right? And so that's, that's a, a, a metaphor for how we are supposed to walk with the Lord, where we get greater revelation and more understanding. That's just what Jesus said in Matthew. The secrets of the kingdom. And he's not talking about like, I got a secret that I'm trying to keep from you. It's like the truth of the scripture. It's the truth of the kingdom is revealed. It's revealed to us over time. And at different times, we see things in a new way. If we're open to the leading and the teaching of the Holy Spirit. Okay. And so... Sometimes this happens to me when I'm reading the scripture. Sometimes, honestly, when I read the scripture, you know, it's good. I, I get it. I understand what I've read. But there's no revelation kind of thing where I'm having a bigger understanding of something. But the other day, this happened to me on a Wednesday night a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, where I was teaching. And on Wednesday night, we have a sweet little group that comes on Wednesday night. We have the Teen Challenge guys, and then there's probably, what, five to ten people on average that come every, every Wednesday night. And it's a really sweet little fellowship. And, and so I was teaching, and I was teaching on the importance of the Scripture. I was teaching about him how important it is to read God's Word and to know what it says and how important the Scripture is. And, and I've taught that a million times. And it's basic foundational stuff. The scripture is God's word and we need to know what it says or we can get off base. And it's all in the scripture how important scripture is. We're not gonna look at them, but I'm gonna rapid fire some scriptures that I always go over when I'm teaching this principle. First Timothy 3.16, it says, all scriptures God breathed. And it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and uh, discipling people. And so it's like it's God's word. We need to know what it says because it helps guide us. I always go over Psalm 119, 105. It says, your word, Lord, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. He shows us the way. If we want to know how, how we should act or how we should do something, the scripture's where we go not CNN or Fox. We're going to come back around to that. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. The Spirit is the sword. The Word is the sword of the Spirit. Jesus modeled this. He modeled this. 
and, and, and Matthew chapter 4, the, Satan comes and, and attacks him and is, and, and is uh, intimidating him and trying to trick him and tempt him. And Jesus all three times says, it is written, and he quotes scripture, to defeat the enemy. And I always go over that and I say it's powerful. Um, in Matthew chapter 22, verse 20, 29, Jesus says to the Sadducees, you're in error because you don't know what the scripture says. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching that. For the hundredth time, I'm teaching that, right? And so, there's the next one. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Scripture is living and active, powerful. It separates soul and spirit. And then I always, what I do, I always give examples from the scripture of, 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 of these principles. I always talk about how, how Jesus taught certain things like about forgiveness or mercy instead of religious activity. I always do that. But at the middle of my, my teaching that night, it's like the Holy Spirit hijacked me in the middle of it. And I began to talk about these scriptures and I gave different examples than I'd ever given before. And it was like, it wasn't an outer body experience at all. I knew what I was doing, but I realized in the middle of it that I was getting revelation of something that I'd not seen before. I remember years ago going to Christ the King and a little, little sweet lady looked like my mama, really. She was cute. She was little and petite. Her name was Dolores Winder, right? And she, was, she said something that I'll never forget. She said, sometimes, honey, you can hear the voice of the Lord in your own voice. And that night, it was like I could hear the voice of the Lord in my own voice as I was speaking, as I was sharing, I was understanding that this was a new way to look at things. And so, what I did in that moment after I shared those scriptures about the importance of, of the scripture, how important it is to know it, how, how foundational it is, and uh, I began to share about the script from the scripture how Jesus treated people you know so many of the teen challenge guys when they come in they just feel like crap they've just been kicked by the world because their behavior has not measured up to what um, is expected and it's it's damaging bad behavior and they they've been shunned they've been rejected and that kind of thing by the world and so they come in beat up pretty much. And so I begin to speak about how God, how Jesus treated Zacchaeus. And I said, if you don't read the scripture, you don't know this is how Jesus teaches the worst sinners. You don't know he just loves. He doesn't judge. He just loves. He doesn't condone, but he all the, at the same time, he just loves us right where we are. You don't know that if you're not reading the scripture. And then I used other examples like that. The woman at the well. You know, she, Jesus says to her, you've had five husbands and you're shacking up. You're not living with somebody. He calls that out, but he doesn't judge her. He doesn't reject her. All the, all the society, the town does. In that story in John chapter 4, she comes to the well in the heat of the day when she knows nobody's going to be there to shun her. 
She's been rejected and looked down on enough that she knows if she comes when it's hot as rip, nobody else is going to be there. She can get her water and she can skedaddle before all the religious folks show up to talk about her. And Jesus loves her. She's the first one that Jesus says, I'm the Messiah. He honored her with that. And I'm teaching this Wednesday night. And I'm like, what in the world? You know, I've taught this before a million times. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm focusing on how he treated people. That if you don't read the scripture, you don't know how kind he is, how patient he is. You know, and and I'm I'm just I'm like oh my gosh, and and I focused on I focused on really it was not so much what he said or commandments. You know, a lot of times when you you're given an example of how the uh, the scripture's powerful, I would refer to a a parable that's like you know. Uh, uh, like the parable of the seed or something or a commandment that Jesus would give or something that he said, I want mercy instead of sacrifice. I would focus on those things and it dawned on me in a new way in that moment that one of the ways the Holy Spirit is going to teach us is by looking at what Jesus did, how he acted, how he treated people, Treated people that the world says, only part of that, or that's bad, this is good. And I was just like, wow, I'm focusing on something that's new. This is new to me. This is new. And uh, I've chewed on this for several weeks. I really have. And, uh, you know, I've been praying into it. And first of all, Looking at what Jesus did and didn't do makes perfect sense. And, and, and I'm not saying in exclusion of what he said and the parables and all that. Of course we look at that. This is just a new way of seeing things in the scripture. And when I read what Jesus did and how he modeled the kingdom for us, I was thinking, well, this isn't new. This may be new revelation to me in a new way, but, but this is old as, old as the hills. You think about it, you know? Think about how carpenters learn how to be a carpenter. You know, Heath Ammons is, is a really good when he built my office out in the woods. And, and when we were working out there, I said, hey, I'm not a carpenter. I don't know jack diddly squat about it. And I said, you don't want me building anything because my motto is... Uh, we ain't building a piano. And another one is, it's good enough for government work. And what that is, is saying, well, it may not be perfect, but it's good enough for what we've got going on. I said, you don't want me building your house. This guy is meticulous. He is exact and does everything right. And so I said, I'll be your mule. I'll haul the wood down. I'll get. I'll sweat. I can. I can do the hard manual stuff. And for the stuff that you can't do, show me how, and then I'll do it. And so you know, he showed me how to do insulation. And so I did all the insulation. It doesn't. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to do insulation. And so I did it. You know, I learned. But he showed me. He taught me by what he did. He did it, and then I did it. 
I modeled what he did. Makes perfect sense, right? And, and think about the old bracelets people wore back 10 years, 15 years ago. WWJD. What would Jesus do? Think about that. Yeah, it's like, I was like, oh my gosh, this isn't new. It may be new revelation to me in a deeper way, but it's like looking at what Jesus did is a great way for the Holy Spirit in Scripture to teach us the ways of God in a new way, in a new way. And, and really, a confrontational way a way that challenges. I was thinking about it uh, yesterday. I was by myself, and I was thinking about it yesterday, and I just I was talking to Jesus. I was like, Jesus, you're not a, you aren't a liberal, and you aren't a conservative. You can't be boxed in. But I said, let me tell you what I think you were. I think you were a radical because you went against the grain. You didn't go with the worldly norm. You did what the kingdom says do, not what the world says do. I said, and so that makes you a radical. And so I, I said, I guess that makes me want to be a radical. But I'm a chicken liver. You know, I don't, I don't want to get out there and make people mad at me and stuff like that. Oh, but I do. But I don't, you know? And so I, I, this made sense to me. It really made sense to me about watching someone else and learning from what they do. I can remember a million times, my daddy had a store downtown, some of y'all remember it, called Selma Stationery's old, old, you know, mom and pop store that was kind of a pillar downtown. And I'd, I'd have to work down there sometimes in the Christmas holidays and, you know, I, I don't know why he had me wrapping packages. I can't wrap packages. It, they all looked awful when I got done. Uh, but we, I did bows and I remember in the summertime, sometimes he'd make me work. And I remember watching him and somebody would come in. We closed at 5.30. They'd blow in at 5.30 and uh, I'd be thinking, Dad, come in. You know, it's closing time. Why'd you wait till 5.30 to come in? And daddy, come on in. How you doing? What do you, you know, and, always, and, and I would see him do things and, he, and I would say, daddy, why'd you give them that? Why'd you do that? And he'd say, son, the customer's always right. You know, you, you, you treat people right, they'll do business with you. I remember watching him model that. I, I learned it. And so it, it kind of became something I saw by watching him act and how he treated people. I think we've beaten that horse enough. I think you, you know what I'm saying, that watching what Jesus did in the scriptures is a great way for the Holy Spirit to teach us how we're supposed to act. And... Therein lies some of the problem. Because it also says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, listen to this, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
Now you think about that. I've, I've read that a million times. I've read that scripture a million times. And the way I've always interpreted it was, was kind of like, you know, the world's saying anything goes and, you know, you, you, can, you can be this or you can be that and, you know, you're supposed to live a holy life and, you know, and, and we follow the scriptures on what's sin and what's not sin and all that. And, and I agree with that. I agree with that. That's, that's true. We don't follow the ways of the world. But that's not the only meaning that I see here now. Don't conform to the world. Jesus didn't say just don't conform to the definitions of sin or, or not sin or whatever. He said don't conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so as I'm chewing on this, as I'm praying about this, as I'm looking at how Jesus behaved, what he did, I'm looking at the stories in the scripture and watching how Jesus acted, He's teaching me some things about how he didn't conform to the world. The pattern of the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And guess who's renewing our mind? The Holy Spirit is. And I feel like I've just had that happen. That my interpretation of some things is changing and growing because the Holy Spirit is expanding my understanding of what he's really talking about there. And I'm going to give you some examples of it that may challenge you this morning. It challenges me. Let me tell you a pattern of the world. Liberals. Tired of liberals. They got it all wrong. And then others are like conservative people. I'm tired of them. They got it all wrong. Right? We watch Fox News or CNN or MSNBC. You're, pick your flavor. And I want to be clear about this. I am not making any political statement this morning. This is not about your political views or anything. This is about Jesus' truth and how he models for us how we're supposed to live. And when he says, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, guess what happens when we get sucked into watching TV, whether it's a news uh, station or a speaker on TV or something, and then we start adopting the way they act towards other people. You tracking with me? That's radical. Because the world says, we don't like them. They're not like us. You know? I mean, think about President Biden or, or former President Trump. There are people that like both and there are people that hate both. Jesus wouldn't do that. That's the pattern of the world. That's not Jesus' way. He wouldn't do that. He didn't do that. And so, you know, we may have been doing that. I, I've been doing that. But it's like if we want to follow Jesus and we say, Jesus, you're the way. You're the way, the truth, and the life. I mean, Jesus says I'm the way, the truth, and the life. The first part is he's the way. That means follow me. I know the way. If he is the way, then we've got to follow his example. And how he treated people. 
that society of his day rejected and didn't like and excluded and mistreated. And they were, and the people that they, he was he was including and loving were, they had their own issues, but he didn't categorize and reject. He loved. He accepted. He he helped grow and transform. You know, our attitudes. Romans 12, 2 is about attitudes. It's about what we think. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And if we are believers, if we want to follow Jesus, he calls us to a radical, a radical change in the way we handle things. And, you know, I don't, I don't have to point things out to you. I believe the Holy Spirit would. We'll, we'll do that for you. But there are areas in each one of our lives that if we want to grow, if we want to follow Jesus, he's going to challenge us. The Holy Spirit is going to confront us and challenge us with areas where we're off base. And he's just done that to me. And maybe he's doing it to you this morning. I'm just giving a couple of little examples this morning. But you can apply this principle to anything, any issue. It's like, well, what, what's your stance or what's your position on this? And, you know, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a conservative or I'm a liberal or I'm a this. Or, you know, I don't watch this or I watch that because you know I agree with them or that or whatever and I, I'm getting what I believe in my attitude and my thoughts from Fox News or CNN instead of reading the scripture and seeing how Jesus would do it what would Jesus do those little, those little uh, bracelets what would Jesus do there's deep revelation in that it weren't just some plastic little little bracelets I think the Lord is bringing it back around and saying Bob what would I do how would I handle somebody that I disagree with how would I handle someone that doesn't live the life like I think they should well the world says reject them demonize them tell them you know you hate them get all fired up about it be against them the only people Jesus got really riled up about were the people that were religious people that thought they were better than everybody else. That they had it figured out. I think the spirit of religion, when, I let, when I'm chewing on this, I'm being confronted. Now Jesus says this. He says it in the scripture. It's straight out of the word. The Holy Spirit will convict you. And what that's, that's talking about is challenging. He will, he will show you places in your life where you're not on base. And then, and then what we have, we have a decision to make. Once that revelation comes, we have a decision to make. We say, well, look, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I'm willing to adjust the way I've handled situations because I want to follow you 
not what TV says or not what society says or even not what religious leaders say. You can, relieve, you can read what religious leaders say and, and do what they're saying and adopt their, their perspectives and view, and you can still be off base. This is where we, we find the truth. This is where we find the way. It's not from TV. It's not from politics. It's not from boxes we put people in. That is not the way based on what I read Jesus doing. And so we have a choice when we're confronted with this. We can reject this and say, no, I'm happy where I am. I'm a middle class American or I'm a whatever class American and my Jesus is going to be put in this box because this, this feels right. This is what society says. This is, this is how we act. Or when we're confronted with the radical nature of Jesus' love and his behavior towards people that are ostracized and people that nobody likes, when we're confronted by that, our other choice is, but Jesus, this is new. This stretches the heck out of me. I'm uncomfortable with this. But Jesus, I'm going with you. I'm following you because you have the words that give life. You are the way. Not CNN, not Fox, not, not people that are trying to, in good, in doing good stuff or thinking they are, that are creating a social gospel that numbs us to thinking everybody needs to get put in a box. And if they're not in your box, we don't like them. And we're going we're gonna to ostracize or reject them. I've had my toes stepped on. I hope, I hope and believe this morning maybe the Holy Spirit's going to step on some toes in here. And you know, some of you may be offended. But Jesus offends people. He does. He was offensive to the, the religious leaders, the people that went to church. He offended them and they killed him. It was offensive for him to love Zacchaeus. It was a, uh, let me tell you what some of the things Jesus did. Think about this. Think about this. He washed the feet of the guy that was going to betray him. He knew Peter was going to deny him to his face, eyeball to eyeball, and he washed Peter's feet. Now, if we were watching that on CNN, they'd say, don't have anything to do with them. You know, they're bad. We don't want anything to do with them. But Jesus loved them. I mean, I don't know how you do that. I've been betrayed before. It, it is the hardest thing ever. It is the hardest thing ever to love and really forgive and love someone that betrays you. It's the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with. And Jesus did that knowing that Judas was going to betray him. Now, that's radical. That's radical. That is not what you would hear on the news. Where are we getting our truth from? You know, we've, it comes from here. 
and it's deeper than I've ever seen. You know, it's like when you walk with the Lord, it's just more and more and more. He said it. He said, you know, you're going to, the secrets are going to be given to you, and those who have, they're going to get more. Well, I just got more. And I'm not done yet. It is a dangerous place to think I got all I need, I got all I want, you know, I'm, I'm right here, I got I figured this out, you know, and not allow the Holy Spirit to challenge us and to grow us in love. I tell you something else too, it leads to fear. When you're getting your when you're getting your instructions from the wrong source, it leads to fear. I mean, I hear people all the time that are Christians. Oh, we're in trouble. You know, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. You know, this is happening. That's happening. You know, and I'm like, why are we focused on that? Why are we focused on that? Jesus says he wins. He's won. That he came to give abundant life. And that we're supposed to be salt and light. How are we going to be salt and light if we're, if we're acting like CNN and Fox and whatever else are people in, in the world that are saying, this is how you act. We're supposed to act like Jesus. And I believe everybody here this morning, when you're confronted with a challenge like this, and I, this isn't like me preaching at you. This is, like I said at first, this is me sharing revelation. This is something that I'm in the middle of. I'm wrestling with this. I believe everybody here, I can say this 100%, that everybody here is thinking, I want to follow you, Jesus. I don't want to hold on to my attitudes and my beliefs and my preconceived ways that I've done things. I don't want to hang on to that. I want you. I want to follow you, and I'm willing to change. I think everybody here would say that, 100%, because that's the kind of people we are. We want to follow Jesus. The good news for us is we don't have to figure it all out. We just say, Jesus, I want to follow you. You're the way, and I want to follow you. So show me those places in my life where I need to adjust my thoughts and my attitudes, where I will be transformed by the renewing of my mind, where I won't conform any longer to the, to the pattern of this world. Show me those places. And then guess whose responsibility is to show you? It's not us. It's the Holy Spirit. He's going to show us those places that he's ready to work on and adjust. Piece of cake. Easy. Easy peasy. So the power of the Spirit not through our effort. You know, conviction and repentance is a beautiful thing. It opens the door for the power of the Holy Spirit to come in and give us life <laughs> in areas that haven't been. In the process, he's going to break some religious boxes. He's going to break, break some thoughts and some attitudes. It just happens. And I know everybody here wants, wants that to happen. It's not comfortable sometimes. You have to wrestle with it. As I, as I say it in my vernacular, chew on it. I'm chewing on this. That means meditating, praying about it, wrestling with it, and chewing on it. But what will come out is a more Christ-like walk. And one of the ways that the Holy Spirit's going to do that 
I believe, is highlighting how Jesus lived, how he acted, how he treated people, not just what he said, that too, but just how he lived, just how he treated people. Very different than what the world says do. So two takeaways today. Reading the scripture, it's important. As I was saying a couple of couple of uh, weeks ago, three weeks ago to the to the guys on Wednesday night, and the, I was like, "Well, if you're not reading the scripture, you don't know how he treats Zacchaeus. You don't know that you're Zacchaeus and I'm Zacchaeus. You don't know that if you're not reading it." And I'm like, "That's good news. That's not what the world says, but it's what Jesus did." And so, if we want to follow him. We do what Jesus did. If you're not reading the scripture, you don't learn that. You don't know that. Those secrets of the kingdom of heaven go right over your head. And you're taking your cues from the TV or the newspaper, not the word of God. That's one takeaway. The other is, when you read the scripture. Start noticing how Jesus lived, how he treated people, how he modeled for us the ways of God. You know? I mean, one of the, this doesn't have anything to do with treating people, but one of the things that in my, in my wrestling with this, in my, in my prayer and, and meditating on this, one of the things I feel like the Holy Spirit showed me when I said, Lord, where, where do I need to line up? with Jesus' behavior. And one of the things that popped in my mind was Jesus got off by himself a lot and hung out with the Father. He made time. And for some, I know with young kids and with you know lots of things going on, it was so hard to do that. I mean, I'm, I'm retired primarily now, but, but it's still hard to do that. It's so hard sometimes to make time. It just is. But the Holy Spirit said, well, that's a priority. Jesus modeled it. Jesus didn't say, now you need to get all by yourself every now and then and pray up and get all go on a mountain and do all that. He just did it. And so as I read it, the Holy Spirit said, this is a model. Jesus is modeling for you the way to have a close relationship with the Father and hear his voice. And I'm like, well, help me be disciplined to do it and find the time because it is hard. I mean, I can't, I don't know how we did it with three kids and didn't do it very well sometimes. I don't know how to do it now, <laughs> but I want to, you know? So, In closing, <laughs> different message, different message this morning. Really, as I say, sucks to be y'all. Y'all get y'all get what the Holy Spirit's teaching me and showing me. It's not always easy, and it may not be right where you are. I don't know, but it's right where I was, and it popped me right between the eyes. And he's, I, I'm willing to put all the boxes that I put God in. I'm willing to put them on the altar. And I'm willing to say, God, bust them. I want, I want your pattern. I don't want mine. I don't want any more religious boxes with you. I want to follow you. 
because you are the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's pray up, <laughs> then we'll uh, do communion. Yeah, Lord, I, I just... <laughs> Jesus, when you teach us, when you give revelation, I, I just like the psalmist said, it's like, it's like honeycomb. Your word is, is so sweet. It's so awesome when you reveal to us your truth. Even when it's uncomfortable and confronting, we want you, Jesus. We want to follow you wherever you lead. And we need you, Holy Spirit, to show us the places that we need to adjust our attitudes and thoughts so that we are being renewed by you and we are not conforming to the world. Uh, we also, Lord, uh, want to do it well. Um, yeah, we, don't, we want to do this well. We want to follow you. And you're awesome. We thank you, Lord, that you teach us, that you give revelation. Thank you for your word. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for the scripture. Thank you, Lord. It's, it's, there's just life in these words. Lord, I pray for everybody here that you would supernaturally give us the time to be with you and the time to read your word and, and give us revelation and understanding and, um, yeah, and grow us up, Lord. We don't want to stay where we are. We don't want to be stuck and frozen where we are. We want to grow. We want to mature. And we want to be everything you dreamed we would be. We love you, Lord. We honor you this morning. We praise you, Jesus. You're the king. You're our leader, our fearless leader. We want to be more like you, Lord. Help us. Help us. We want to be more like you. Amen. All right, guys, we're going to do communion. And uh, communion's awesome. So awesome. Um, thank you. Tell me, do y'all love these new little communion things or what? I mean, my life completely changed when we got these because you can actually open them. <laughs> this is awesome. It's like a Christmas miracle. <laughs> I was just thinking, yeah, how do I present this? And I've just said, read the scripture. And uh, I thought, well, the best way to do communion this morning is just read what Paul said in the scripture. And so that's what we're going to do. We're not going to do a lot of explanation and talk about it. We're just going to read the word. It's in 1 Corinthians 11:23. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed and washed feet, he took bread, and when he given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord, we thank you for your body that was broken for us, Lord. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. 
And he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Whenever you do this, whenever you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. Lord, we do that right now. We remember your sacrifice. We, we take your life in. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope this message has equipped and inspired you to transform people, your community, and the world through the love and power of Jesus Christ. Whether you're from Selma or anywhere you're listening from, we'd love to hear from you. Visit us online at www.bluejeanselma.com. Thank you.